The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. Secrets in South Africa amongst law, law enforcement officials, private investigators, security companies, and a lot of other interested type organizations has been the fact that in an emergency, you can locate somebody by pinging their phone. And everybody's spoken about having contacts who can ping phones or try locate somebody. And it's been especially prevalent amongst communities where there's children missing or perhaps um, they believe somebody has has been the victim of, of perhaps something nefarious. This has become a topic of discussion in South Africa over the past two months, especially in light of recent events where it's alleged that pinging has resulted in people's um, locations being shared amongst people that have had an agenda to, to perhaps hurt or even kill those people. Tell us more about pinging and somebody who has been involved in pinging and whose name has been mentioned in a number of newspaper articles of late is Bradley Goldblatt. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you, Seth? The topic we're discussing today is something that's ex- exceptionally divisive. It's, it's the topic of the pinging of telephones and how it's been taken advantage by certain actors um, that have had a nefarious agenda. Before we start, I'd like you to just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is you do and how you became involved in pinging. How I became involved in the pinging is uh, after I resigned from the police, I was just looking for a further business venture and I came across a product called 3DT Lad, um, a, a company that is now based out of America. And uh, they were offering basically wholesaling options that, that you could you could take a, a holding platform and you could wholesale the 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 the, the which, which we call a platform a pinging platform, um, still known as LAD, even though it would so, be sold through us. Is this legal? I always told. People, you know, as long as as long as you abide by the the Electronic Communications Act, and and you are doing things that the Act stipulates that you may that you may do, then there is then it, the, the legality is there. However, if you are not doing anything, if you are doing things against what the Act states, then yes, unfortunately, it is illegal. So help us to understand, because our listeners. And may not necessarily be very au fait with what's been happening. Explain to them what is pinging, what is the platform that you are operating, and how is it that people are able to make use of that platform? So pinging, basically pinging is, it's the triangulation of a SIM card between the, the, the cellular towers, which what it would do is it will intercept the radio wave between the towers and it will then, it will then give you a, call it a radius location of where in between those towers that cellular device would be sitting. Okay, so let's talk about this platform. Who did this platform um, become available to, and how is it that this platform was made available in the first place to service providers such as yourselves? Is this with the knowledge of um, service providers, in other words, the networks, or does it go via an, an international server? How does it work? From a, a layman's perspective, technically, basically from a layman's from a layman's perspective, what would happen is there would be a there would be something called a WASP, which stands for Wireless <coughs> Wireless Active Service Provider. So basically, what a, what a WASP would be is a WASP would allow 
um, it, it would allow the, the locations to come from the network. However, I'm not in control of the WASP. I don't own the WASP. I'm not licensed to the WASP. The WASP is licensed to a company called 3DT, 3DT Group, which is, which is run uh, by a person who lives in America. And he would be the, he would be the, call it the entitled owner of the platform. And his platform, the way he has designed it and developed it is that he can share his platform with others and then they can share it with others. So basically he would share it with me and then I would share it with others. However, the others that I've shared it with, it stops with them. They are not then able to share it with others. Is the WASP created with the permission of the networks and well, do they then provide this location-based software to organizations well, such as yourself the, from a legal the perspective? Wasp, the WASP is the, – the, the way – from my understanding from the way a WASP works is the WASP needs to be paid monthly. It, it's basically a subscription. It's exactly like your cell phone contract. And, yes, the networks would be paid every month for the WASP, for the hiring of the WASP, for the rental. Sometimes it's not done directly through the network. Sometimes it's done through a, a holding company that manages WASPs, and that company then liaises directly with the, the network. However, with 3DT, I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's done through a holding company or it's done directly through the network. So let let's talk checks and balances. You get given this platform as a wholesaler that you can on sell to users. And it's a valuable platform, but it's a platform that it doesn't anybody uh, with technical knowledge to understand that it's actually allowing access to something that is so pivotal to our rights, and that's privacy. So who do you then, as a wholesaler, on-sell this product to? And for what use do you on-sell it? To, to, to what purpose do people need to have a pinging platform? Okay, so my my criterias are, are very simple. I deal with drug rehabilitation centers where where the people go into the rehab when the people start their rehab course. The the drug rehab the drug rehabilitation center usually gives them uh, an indemnity to sign that gives them the permission to. Um, to, to ping the phone in case the person, the, in case the person relapses or escapes the, 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 the facility. Basically what that does is that abides, that, that abides by the Electronic Communication Act where you must have the permission of the SIM holder to locate the, the device. Another thing that, another thing that we, we, we sell it for is, um, cargo. So a lot of the times when cargo has GPS um, tracking units on it, when when the cargo go through uh, go through all our rural areas and our and our really destitute areas, sometimes there isn't there isn't GPS signal there because of the the the, the lack of cell towers. So what then will be done is it's called then it will they will use the GSM part of the unit, which is the SIM card itself, and they will do as we say a ping to give them a more or less location as to where their their cargo is. And this, this regards to as well as repossession, repossession of cars and things like that. Okay. So let's talk about other users. Was, was, there's, there's, there's a person that's been accused of some very serious crimes who was using a platform that he derived from your organization. Into what category did he fall and what checks and balances were there in place? To ensure that he was not using 
this platform for, for illegal means because it now appears, although it hasn't been tested in court, that this chap was in fact using your platform to, to commit perhaps a crime. Okay, well, look, I'm not gonna, I, I, I'm not gonna divulge too much into the, 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 the said person as, um, with, uh, with, I, I cannot, I cannot divulge too much within, to the said person with a fear of affecting something with regards to the, the, the investigation, the active investigation that is going on now. However, I can tell you that he did fall into the category two years ago when he did sign up with us. That he was repossessing motor vehicles for Standard Bank. Okay, so he was he. So the repossession of vehicles, there's there's a, a, a grey area in your opinion. What about private investigators? So private investigators, I do have one or two on my books. However, when a private investigator does sign up, they are they are made to sign an indemnity, indemnifying me from any issues that they might that they might cause. They are also given how I call it the speech. But they're also given the information that if they do do anything nefarious with the device and I am contacted by the police or I do pick up any ill, um, any ill manner, mannered, um, um, usage, I will report it. So getting back to this guy that was doing the, the vehicle repossessions, etc., who blew the whistle that he was using this particular system? Can't give you the answer to that as of yet, Chad, unfortunately. Um, I've, I've told a lot of the, the, the media outlets that have contacted me that unfortunately by me divulging any information, uh, has, has the potential to, to interfere with the active investigation as well as the, the court proceedings that are going on this week. So I, I cannot for now, uh, I cannot for now comment on it. I, I accept that and, and I understand that you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, but you basically the center of the storm at the moment moment because you've been made the person that that has has made this platform available and we've we've seen newspaper reports where you've cooperated but then we've seen blogs where there are people that are trying um turn this whole thing around and saying if this platform wasn't available in the first place this wouldn't have happened which is which is ludicrous but it, it, it needs to be examined. You just said now that uh, if the platform wasn't available, this would have never happened. You see, a lot of people. You see, a lot of people don't no, understand. No, I, I said that's a ludicrous. Uh, my words are: it's a ludicrous statement to make that if your platform didn't exist, they that that this wouldn't have happened. They would have found yes, other no. ways to surveil somebody. This just made it easier for them. To explain something in layman's terms to the listeners about that, that the the pinging platform isn't just pinging somebody's cell phone. The pinging platform is the basis of every one of your car tracking units of any anything regards to location. It, it, it is run through the basis of so-called pinging. Okay, so so, so the, the, the term pinging has, has been brought to everybody's attention in this country where they think it's their device that somebody's looking for and by finding their device they're finding them. What you're saying is it has a far broader use, a far broader interpretation than just being somebody's device to find where they are. Is that correct? Yes, 100%. Okay, so let's get back to the semantics of this. It's it's now been exposed as being a tool that was used for people who, who were not using it for the right purposes. And as a result, nobody can now ping. And you were talking about drug rehabilitation centers. We know about community police forums. 
um, community assistance, um, missing persons organizations, yes. Yes. and different agencies that which were we are, which we are a huge sponsor to. So explain to us what's going to happen now. How many platforms were there in South Africa that were able to ping? And are any platforms at this point in time now still able to continue pinging? No. So at the moment, no platforms are, are able to ping, which brings us back to the, the involvement of the networks, which the networks have actually taken a step back from saying that they are no, in no way involved. However, they switched it off. That's why nobody can do it. So by them, by them stopping it in its tracks, and they knew exactly which wasp, where it's done, how it's done. So it, 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 it pretty much reneges on, 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 on their, on their ideas that they had nothing to do with it, but it was able, they were able to switch it off immediately. If, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. A couple of concerns going back to checks and balances. How many platforms do you say, or, or do you estimate were available at any given time in South Africa? Not users that you had, but platforms such as yours that were able to take users on board that they would be able to ping. How many, um, how many of these platforms you know, existed? I, I could never, I could never give you an exact answer, but I can, I can say without exaggeration, Chad, to be realistic, probably between 100 and 150. Actual platforms and that, that had. That, that is one company. Remember, there's more than one company that does, that does outsource this type of thing. So the platform from the company that I have, I can say that it probably had around 150, between 100 and 150 users. Main, we are, which would I know as agents. The, the users like the person in question that we were discussing, he would be known as a sub agent. So actual agents that could actually broaden their platform, there would be about 100, 150. I do not know the the fact of the other platform the other the other platform owners that are not part of the same company that have their own companies i don't know how their systems work i don't know how their platforms work i don't know if you can put sub agents on them i don't know anything like that but as far as i know i think there are three or four other companies in in, in south africa that do do it as well but bradley with respect there seems to be a major missing component in all of this you have the networks you have what's known as WASP, which is supplying the location-based services. They, in turn, are giving it to companies who can then farm it out as wholesalers to users. We don't know how many of those platforms there actually are and how many users there actually are. Who should have been regulating this? Who should have been checking who had the wholesale ability to be able to, to, to on-sell the service which in some ways is a service which is very necessary when it comes to finding missing persons, kidnapped persons, missing vehicles, but conversely has been abused and led to people being being hurt or in some cases allegedly killed. Where, where does the buck stop here? And what I'm about to say is probably going to cause it will probably it will probably cause massive arguments, but in 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 my mind and and in the the, the in my opinion. That question to me has a very, very simple answer. The fact that the networks take in a monthly, um, a, a monthly fee to basically how you would say rent out your privacy. Um, they should then with ICASA then be the ones that who should regulate it because without the networks allowing it, this pinging wouldn't be possible. It's not done as people think via some backdoor hack or via some secret device. It's 
it's from the networks directly. It's not from anywhere else. It's not from any other nefarious source. It's not from a, a, a person who is a, a hacker out of a movie that has tapped into the networks. It's not anything like that. It's the networks themselves. So in my mind and in my opinion, if for the networks to take your monthly WASP fee as, a, as their rental, they should then be the one who should then with ICASA be monitoring the usage, be monitoring how many things are done on a daily basis, be sifting through numbers, be auditing numbers, and so on and so forth. Okay, so I get that. I get that we have RICA. I get that we have um, the, 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 the ECT Act. I get that we have ICASA as a regulatory body. But somewhere along the line, there's, 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 there's a major, major disconnect in terms of who was responsible for upholding the legislation or at least putting in checks and balances. So were you as a wholesaler ever audited by a WASP or LBS um, provider on behalf of the networks? Um, no, I was not, but I did my own auditing of my... So when you, when you had a back-to-back agreement with your service provider... Did that service provider have in place anything from a legal perspective that was able to say that this is how this this platform should be operated, this is how it should be run, and that the applicant should be vetted in a specific manner? Bringing me back to why I said what I did about the networks is one of one of the facts in in, in the ECT Act, one of the stipulations, is as a service provider. It is your responsibility to do the due diligence of your users. In your due diligence, if you have to find anything that you would feel is, 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 is either breaking or infringing on the Electronic Communications Act, it is your right and it is your due diligence to report it. Greatest concern is, is that there seems to be a disconnect in terms of legislation and what people are, are misunderstanding is the fact that although we have these acts that govern these communications, and although we have legislation that protects the privacy of individuals, there are always exemptions. And we're going to take that up after the break because we've had a, <laughs> we've had a chat and it's, it's already 20 to 1. Can you believe it? We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. We're chatting to Brad Goldblatt and it's becoming quite an interesting conversation because it's something that is so very topical at the moment. And that is the use and the abuse of pinging. And as Brad explained to us, pinging is where they can estimate the location of a cellular device or a SIM card by triangulating the signal. Does that mean it doesn't come directly to the actual device, Brad? Um, meaning, mean, meaning what, Chad? Like, it doesn't come to the, the, the device that you... Like, the, to the exact location. Is it, is no. it, is it, is it a broader location? Is it an estimated location? Um, it's, it's, you know what, Chad, to be honest with you, it, 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 it will give you, depending on the amount of towers in the area and so on and so forth, but it can give you right to the device. Yes, it, it can. Brad, what went wrong? In your mind, with regards to the 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 supply of a pinging device, um, do you believe that this platform, um, in its in its in its purest, most simple form, and and its its use was meant 
something for good and it was it was difficult to compromise? Or do you believe that the checks and balances were such that we were going to see something go wrong? No, you, you, uh, to speak honestly, um, Chad, I, I believe that it was only for good and checks and balances were done. But, you know, unfortunately, like the, like the person that we were talking about, two years ago, things were right. You, sometimes you can't help a person you can't help if a person goes rogue. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we are talking on a show about corruption. And everybody, unfortunately, well, the way the society is looking at this moment is everybody, unfortunately, has their price at the moment. And, you know, to do your checks and balances, you can do them every month. However, you, if a person goes rogue and he, he's keeping it to himself, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. You know, I, I, we I can at any given time I can be called up and I can give over 50, 50, 60 case numbers where we've assisted with high profile arrests where we've where we've recovered missing people where we've recovered kidnapping people uh, where, where, where we've recovered sick people that have disappeared uh, had a sugar low and and the family couldn't find them I mean we've the the, the rehab the, the the drug rehabilitation centres that use our product. They have found people that are almost overs in 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 a felt due to the due to the service, and you know, unfortunately, you know that, that saying one bad apple, it, it's 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 unfortunate, and there's nothing we can do about it at the moment. There, I, I wish I could divulge more into it, but unfortunately, I can't because I know that once this is over, and I'm sure we can have another chat on on air. Uh, when I when I when I actually can divulge things, then I think that it will make a hell of a lot more sense uh, to to the users, and I think it will make a lot more sense to to the people who are, are basically in fear of of something that was supposed to do good. So, Brad, help me to understand this now. A system that was created to locate a SIM card that's live on the on the network was used by people wanting to do good, conversely by people wanting to do bad. As a result of the bad that has happened, there is now no access to the system, and now law enforcement, both private sector as well as public sector, are impacted as well as medical health professionals. Is that what you're telling us? 100%. That is exactly what I'm saying to you. And you know, you can ask me the question, you can ask me the question a hundred thousand times. I will always, I will always stand by the fact that 99% of the people that do use the platform are doing it for good. Unfortunately, you know, the way, the way society is, you can have a hundred thousand good deeds, but when you've got one bad deed, unfortunately, it's noticed. So, Brad, before we went into break, I spoke about legislation, legislation in South Africa specific. The ultimate law of the land is the Constitution. In terms of the Bill of Rights, Section 14D says we have the right to privacy, especially from digital, etc. Um, then there are exemptions made in other acts because the Constitution is the overriding act and other acts are introduced to come into line. So to protect individuals, Poppy came into effect, but Poppy has exemptions for law enforcement, and for other purposes to be able to breach one's right to privacy. The same as other acts have exceptions. Even the National Credit Act has exceptions where a consumer report can be pulled on an individual provided it's for fraud awareness or fraud detection. So that means that with these exemptions in place and with the right regulator and the right um, wording in effect and the right checks and balances, this should be made available. 
Do you think it is ever going to be made available? And if it has to be made available, as somebody who's in the midst of the storm, as somebody who's who's partly getting the blame for what's occurred, what would you have done differently and what would you like to see happen in the future? Well, to be honest with you, Chad, I wouldn't have done anything differently because, frankly, unfortunately, like I said, I can't, I can't divulge anything. But frankly, I didn't do anything wrong. The, sitting back and just watching what the newspapers are writing because I can't defend myself. And, you know, unfortunately, some of those newspaper articles actually know that I can't and won't. So they are taking advantage of it. Um, I, I wouldn't do anything differently from the standpoint because everything was done right. However, I would like it that the overall call it watchdog of the whole legislation does put measures into place that would monitor such things would monitor something that if a phone was pinged safe more than a hundred times it should give an alert because nobody should be pinged more than a hundred times if if it's a not a serious case or b there's it's it's, a, it's a nefarious issue and there is nothing stopping the, the, the watchdog of, of the Electronic Communications Act to actually putting something like this into place. As a full disclosure, um, Brad is well known to me. I've known Brad for a number of years since he was a policeman on the East Rand. And in fact, it's public knowledge. It was in a newspaper. We actually thank Brad for assisting us in our high profile arrest some years ago. But the show today has been a show specifically to highlight the importance of what's happening in South Africa right now. We're trying to find ways of fighting crime, and the specific tool that was being used effectively to not just fight crime but to help people was abused. It was abused because a system was set up and people were able to subscribe to that system and they were able to to act in a nefarious manner. And now the good of a system that was used to help so many thousands of people to identify syndicates, to identify where people were located that were intending on committing crimes has now been taken away completely. We can only hope that the, 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 the professionals, the law enforcement um, agencies, and most importantly, our lawmakers go to the drawing table as a matter of urgency, look at existing legislation and see what they can do to ensure that a platform is back up and running under strict, strict control. Which leads me to my very last question, Brad. You spoke yes. about ICASA. Do you think ICASA is ultimately responsible, or do you think a separate regulatory body should be set up so that healthcare professionals, so that other organizations can be kept in check should they subscribe to such a platform? Uh, and what uh, type of a I- regulatory body? I, 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 I agree with what you've just said, Chad, one, one, one hundred thousand percent. And I'll tell you why. I don't agree with it for any other reason other than the fact that when everything came out now and push came to shove, all the so-called re- regulatory bodies, it, it was a blame game. They, if this one's blaming this one, this one's blaming that one, and that one's blaming this one. Instead of, okay, let's step up and let's, let's fix the solution. So clearly those governing bodies that we have in place at the moment don't do anything. They, they, there's no point of them. Why not start a complete new governing body, put measures into place like one of the things where I had mentioned that they, they can put something into place where if a number is pinged more than X amount of times in a certain, in, 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 in less than an X amount of time, 
there should be an alert. And and the way the way that the, the way that these wasps work and the way that the coding works on these things, it should take with a, with, with, a, with a coder and a technician. It should take no longer than ten minutes to set something like that up. So I, it, I, I do agree. So back to like the blame game. Like it, it leads me to. It, it, I just want to bring up like this thing with this doctor Munshi, the anaesthetist that was killed, that his number was pinned. You know, everybody. It, it's just become a blame game. And like the, I've been labeled as I'm the, 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 the all and mighty holder of the platform. I mean, if the person, if, if that Dr. Munshi was pinged, which I, to be honest with you, I don't even know if he was because I haven't seen it. It was not from my platform. It had nothing to do with the other person that we've spoken about in question. He had nothing to do with it. And it, it can be from another platform. So everybody is just, you know, everybody is is trying to shift the blame away from themselves because I, I personally believe that in the next, not obviously not this year because you know this year is finished, but next year I believe there is going to be massive, massive, massive lawsuits, and I think one of the biggest lawsuits that is going to come, I think, is going to be the wife of uh, of the late Lieutenant Colonel Shaul Kinnear. Well, with that in mind, I think 2021 is going to be a very interesting year. And the fact remains is that the buck has to stop somewhere. And it seems like there's a whole lot of dominoes that fell. But we have to look at what that very first domino was and where that space should have existed between the dominoes to ensure that the rest of the dominoes didn't fall. That was Bradley Goldblatt. Uh, He is the provider of a pinging platform that was used allegedly in the um, committing of a crime by a third party who's currently in custody. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, and just just one more just one more thing, Chad. I just want to just 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 explain, just uh, put something on the record there with you that you know everything that we everything that we have discussed here. It's it's in general. It's not not based directly on the case that we were talking about. It's in general and it's for future. It's not that the it's not that the case that we are talking about is. Um, it's the network's fault. It is, was the individual's fault, not the network's fault, but can be in the future prevented by the networks. I, I, I can see what you're saying, and that was the catalyst to the conversation today. It was the catalyst to the taking away of a system that has helped people but has also been used to commit criminal acts, and it's something that really needs to be looked at, and we hope that our authorities will look at next year. Brad, thank you so right. much for joining us today. Great chat. Great to chat. Chat, chat, chat you later. We are the 30th of November. We are about to go into December. Um, 34% of deaths that are going to be occurring are, are car accident related because victims don't fasten their seatbelts. Not having a seatbelt can cause dire internal injuries. Come on, guys. We're going into the holidays. We're going to be on the roads. Even though there's COVID, people are going on holiday. We know this. So if 34% of deaths that occur in car accidents are because of seatbelts, what does that tell you? Wear the seatbelt. And when I say it's because of seatbelts, it's because the people are not wearing those seatbelts. So don't become another statistic. Buckle up every time you get in the car. Make sure that those you are traveling with are buckled up too. It's not just around the corner. It's your life we're talking about. And if you want to know more, visit Hatsula's site because this was a public service announcement brought to you by Hatsula who see accidents daily and and have seen the statistics and have seen for themselves the damage done by people that are not wearing seatbelts. I must apologize. Today has been a, a, a day of technical difficulties and glitches. 
My mojo always goes south every single time we have a technical glitch. I haven't seen the inside of our studio since the beginning of this year. I, I, I miss our studio um, immensely, and I look so forward to one day returning to the studio. As it is right now, we have a skeleton staff that I'd like to thank on air, which is Woozy, Flo, um, Craig, and the rest of the guys at the High FM studio that make sure that the technical side is covered. But all of us presenters are working remotely. All of our guests are working remotely. We rely on technology. So when those technical glitches slip in, we do apologize. But we don't want to bring you pre-recorded shows. We want to bring you live topical shows. Next week, you're not going to believe who I've got on the show. I've got most probably one of the most controversial people in South Africa who I want to get to know a little bit better. I want to know what makes this man tick. I want to understand what he's all about. Next week, we're chatting to none other than Cole Mihaus. I'll be back same time, same place next week right here on 101.9 High FM.